Galatians chapter number one, beginning reading in verse number six through verse uh, 10. The Bible says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that thank you, some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Let's pray, Lord. Thank you for bringing us here tonight. Thank you for the, the positive uh, report that we just heard, Lord, how you are in control, even in a pandemic, Lord, you take care of your church. And Lord, I pray that we would give you all the glory for that. Thank you for Ms. Sanders' work. I pray, Lord, that you would settle us now and help us to put aside every distraction that we could have in our minds right now, every thought of the day in our lives or on the news, and help us just focus on the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. I've entitled the Bible study tonight, Bad Influences. Bad Influences. Uh, someone said this, you'll be the same person five years from now, but for the books you read, the shows you watch, the things you listen to, and who you hang around. Have you heard somebody say, you are who you hang around? Show me your friends and I'll show you you, or eventually I'll show you what you'll become. Uh, you are a product of your influences. You are. There were influences, influencers in the church of Galatia. You thought influencer was just a social media thing, right? People get paid to wear a brand. They're an influencer and people buy that brand. No, there were influencers back here, even in the New Testament church, the New Testament times. And if you remember from last week when we started Galatians, I'm really looking forward to jumping into Galatians and, and swimming through it with y'all, wading through it. It's very, very good stuff. Uh, but you remember the reason Galatians was written. Remember, Paul was writing to talk about legalism which if you remember, just to remind you, is somebody adding something to grace in order to be saved, right? So grace is something that you don't deserve, and uh, it's by definition unmerited. You don't deserve it, but it's by grace. Uh, somebody says uh, when you get home about their sibling, hey, mommy, I thought you were going to give them a spanking. What's going on? And you say, well, I'm giving them grace. Mind your business. Grace means, yeah, they deserve it, but I'm not going to give it to them. That's mercy. But grace, I'm, I'm letting them go. Okay, mercy and grace kind of together. Mercy, me not giving you what you deserve. Grace, me giving you uh, what you don't deserve. We deserve judgment. God doesn't give it. He gives us grace instead. He gives us heaven, you see? Okay, so legalism is adding something to grace. Paul is also writing, as we'll look next week at the next several verses, uh, verses 11 through the end of the chapter, uh, of how Paul was an apostle. And there were false teachers crept into the church at Galatia that were saying, Paul's not an apostle, don't listen to him. And also, you gotta add some stuff to salvation in order to be truly saved. Now, these glasses were last prescription, not the one I'm on now. So you're a little bit blurry. So I got to know you're out there. You got to wave your hand and say amen from time to time. Okay. I just see beautiful blurry faces. So if I say something funny, I'll just imagine you're smiling. So maybe it'll be better this way, but number one, okay. Number one, I want you to see the quick effect of bad influences, the quick effect of bad influences, three uh, truths about these bad influences. Look at verse number six. I marvel, Paul wrote, I marvel. He just jumps right in that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Now, to marvel is to be surprised by something. It, it's, it's not anything you wouldn't expect. To be surprised, to be astonished. To marvel is to know, and I put this in your notes, it's to realize that something is happening, like you understand what's happening, but you cannot understand why. 
Now that, to me, as a parent of three young children, I can very much understand the word marvel. Like you ask a child every day, ask a child, did you do this? Yes. Why did you do it? And you can see in their eyes that they're telling the truth and they say, I don't know. <laughs> and I believe them. They don't know. Or you watch them, you say, don't do this. You turn the corner, you, something's going on, and then you look back at them and they're doing it. And it's a very obvious, the wrong thing to do. Plus you just said it. Oh, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And they're like, I, like they were possessed or something. I don't know. And, and you marvel at how this could be happening. And maybe as they get older, that doesn't stop. I don't know. I'm sure my parents marveled a lot when I was a teenager at, what were you thinking? My mom tells me that all the time. I marvel, she said. And Paul marveled that, look at the verse, you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into another gospel. So the Galatian church, these people were grounded. They were growing in the Lord. Paul left and false teachers had come among them and they were removing themselves from the grace of Christ into another gospel. Okay, what is the gospel? The gospel means good news. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, meaning that you and I can be saved by grace. That's the gospel. The gospel is very simple. I said on Sunday, we get saved in an instant with childlike faith, understanding that, adding nothing to it, but you can spend a lifetime rejoicing in it, and you should, a lifetime praising God for the grace of God, uh, a lifetime understanding what all happened at that moment of salvation, what all God is doing in your life after that salvation. It's a great thing to constantly be aware of and be thankful for the grace of Christ. And Paul was amazed that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. So that, but that, that was going backwards. He was amazed. If you look, if you just flip over, I might have put it in your notes, but in Galatians 4, 9, he, he talks about it a lot in this uh, epistle because that's the subject. He says, but now after that ye have known God or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage. He was describing the law. The law was, was a good thing, but the law doesn't save. The law entered that we would know that we were sinners. Okay, in another place it says, I wouldn't know that such and such is wrong, except the law had said such and such is wrong. So the law entered, you know, Moses brought down the, the law from, from the mountain and all that, you remember, that we would know how bad sin was, how righteous God is, and how impossible it's going to be to be right with God outside of something. And so in the law, you have to offer sacrifices, a lamb without blemish, without spot, and you have to spill blood in order to show us the severity of sin. And, and again, it never took away sins. It just put them into remission for a little while longer. Another year, or you had to offer sacrifices for so many things. That was all in the law. And so now Paul's saying, now that you're saved. So Jesus Christ is the completion of the law. We say that every book in the Bible, every page in the Bible, somehow points to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the goal. He was the sum of everything that the Bible was about. Everything was a picture of Christ. All the sacrifices, all the sin, it was all to point us to the cross. And he says, now that you have been saved, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements. Elements means like the beginning. You learn the table of elements in school, uh, like in uh, chemistry class. So it's the beginning. It's the building blocks. Why would you turn again from Christ to the law, which is not able to save? So that's what he's talking about. He said, I marvel, marvel that you're so soon removed. You know, it's, it's the tendency of somebody, uh, maybe, maybe younger, to wander away from what they've grown up in and known to try some other things. And you might see like a younger person who's grown up in church and only known like a good 
Bible preaching church and had uh, uh, Christian parents or, or parents who would bring them to church and they've seen this and then when they get a little bit older, they want to check out some other things. They say, this can't be it. Uh, I, I wanna experiment, I wanna go out there and I wanna experience the world. And people in the church would look at that person, maybe that person uh, who's watching the, the teenager or the young adult who has been, I've been saved out of the world. And I don't know if the world has nothing to offer. Somebody who, who saved out of addiction to something and, and they go out and they want to experience everything the world has to offer. And somebody watching that would marvel. They would marvel like there's nothing out there. You are where it's at. And so Paul, who was Mr. Legalist, Okay, you understand, we looked at that even on Sunday morning in Philippians, how he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He persecuted the church. He was uh, um, 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 uh, from the tribe of Benjamin. He was of Israel. His parents raised him like that. Uh, He was Mr. Legalist. He kept all the laws and the ordinances the best he could. And now he sees, and he was freed by grace, by the grace of Christ. He was saved. He knows he's going to heaven now. He's right with God because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. Hallelujah. And the church was, and now... They're adding things to salvation. They're believing those people who are creeping in saying, well, you got to add circumcision. Or today it'd be, well, you got to add baptism. Well, you got to add church membership. Well, you got to be a good person in order to go to heaven. Not to say you shouldn't be a good person. That's part of the maturing process. But it has nothing to do with you being saved. Nothing. And Paul is marveling. He said, he's like, I just left. <laughs> How is this? this is so fast. You're so soon removed from him. By the way, when you remove yourself from the truth of the gospel, you're removing yourself from God. You look at that verse again, back in Galatians. I'm in Corinthians. Here we go. Galatians 1, verse 6. I marvel you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Who is he that called? We looked in John. I like how all of our studies are tying together. In John, how no man can come except the Father draw him. We looked at that in John 6. Well, who uh, called him? The Father. And, and if you separate yourself from the gospel, if you start walking away from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're walking away from walking with God. God and the gospel are so intertwined you can't separate them. So I marvel unto the, into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Another gospel. And it happened fast. Um, Look at verse seven, which is not another. Um, on Sunday, Representative Emmanuel Cleaver from Missouri was tasked with opening the 117th United States Congress in prayer. And he closed it by saying, and dare I ask, O Lord, peace even in this chamber now and evermore. We ask it in the name of the monotheist, and I'm quoting, okay, I'm not praying. We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God Brahma and God known by many names, by many different faiths, a man and a woman. Now, how many of you did not know that he said that? This is the first time? Okay, all of you. Oh, you didn't know? Okay. So this happened. Now, he's wearing a mask. If you look at the video, I had to check it with many different news sites because I thought it was a joke. I thought it was like Babylon Bee, like parody. I really did. But he actually said that. Now, we could dissect everything that he said in that prayer. It's very, very confusing what he's talking about and who he's praying to. First of all, Brahma is a, a Hindu god, which I thought they were very polytheistic. They, they believe in like a bajillion gods. But, uh, and, he, and then he said, and also a woman, uh, proving that you can go to seminary and not be intelligent. You can be educated, but be unintelligent. Uh, anyways, anyways, nothing against ladies, but you know, you know, I don't talk about it. So, but he says this, listen to this again. We ask in the name of the monotheist of God and God known by many names, by many different faiths, amen and a woman. God known by many names and many different faiths. You know, God is, is not uh, many different people. There is one God. There is one God and that is the God of the Bible, Jehovah God. 
There are not many gods. The Hindu gods are false gods. The, the Islamic God is a false God. Whatever other God, whatever yourself, the, the, the humanism, the God of, of, of evolution, all of that, false God, there is one God. The Bible says in James 2.19, thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. You know what? Soak in that verse for just a second. It's in your notes. Thou believest there's one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Okay, you believe there's one God? Big deal. There's obviously one God. He's saying, sure, the devils believe that there's one God. They believe and tremble because they know that there's only one God. That's great. There, of course there's one God. Ephesians 4, 6. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in y'all. And there are not many ways to God. There is one God and there is only one way to God and that is Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 2, 5 says, there is one God and one mediator or go-between between God and men the man, Christ Jesus. So Paul was saying, I'm amazed, I'm astonished, I don't understand how this is happening, that you are walking away from God, the grace, of, grace that, that gospel of grace gives you freedom. It's the completion of the law. It's joy, it's peace, we've talked about that. And I marvel that you're walking away into another gospel, which is not another gospel, he said. There's not many different ways to get to God. Now that is the popular view in the United States today, in the, probably the world today, but definitely in the United States, that, that uh, pragmatic, many roads lead to one. Who am I to say, if you're sincere, you won't go to heaven? The word of God says that. The word of God says the only way to be right with God is through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, there's not a choice of gospels on the shelf. There is one gospel. He say, I marvel. Even a gospel that names Jesus Christ and Jehovah God, but that adds something to that gospel that pollutes it, that corrupts it, okay? So that's number one, uh, the, uh, the, the quick effect of bad influences. Number two, the perversion of bad influences. The quick effect. Number two, the perversion. Verse number seven, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would, would pervert the gospel of Christ. Now that word pervert means to twist, distort, corrupt, to turn from its proper purpose. Now, the gospel, I just said it, gives you freedom. The gospel makes you free. Today, we just read, today it makes you free. Galatians 1.4, again, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. If you go to bed every night and you've been saved and you're terrified about the future, about what will happen if you don't wake up, what will happen tomorrow, you're not living in the reality of the gospel because the gospel gives you peace. You know where you're going when you die and you know who holds tomorrow. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel is wonderful. And, and, and he, he marveled that, that you were going to a gospel that would pervert the gospel of Christ. What is the perversion? It's adding something to the gospel. You are a product of your influences. I said that a moment ago. But you look at somebody who walks away from church or walks away from their, from their family or from what they know to be right and they mess up and, and they, they, they put in jeopardy their relationships because of what they're into or they, they just get dead to the things of God and eventually they're into some other things, there is always an influence. There is always an influence. Maybe a friend, maybe something they're watching on TV, maybe a book, something, a kind of music, 
you, you look at, a, 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 and I hate to pick on teenagers, but you know, it's easy to pick on teenagers, okay? We have awesome teenagers in this church. It's not uh, the norm for teenagers. But you look at a teenager who, who falls into some really bad things and, and addictions and, uh, and, and things premarital and so forth, you can trace things back to their influences. What were they into? I guarantee you they weren't in the Word of God every morning, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You can check their music. If you listen to music that glorifies uh, immorality, eventually that will affect you. Influences affect you. Nobody here is above their influences. Whatever you allow, and this is important, I hope you're getting this. Whatever you allow your heart to dwell on, it will affect you. It will affect you. Keep thy heart. Keep it. Guard it with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep it. Uh, there might be somebody who uh, is a really good, and, and we'll take a more spiritual, a really good Bible teacher. Somebody who's really, really eloquent and well-spoken and make you feel good. Or somebody that's a good author, like a Christian author. But they're not quite right on some things from the Bible. They add some things to salvation or they're not quite there. Or maybe they've said in their preaching that uh, who's to say if, if the, 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 the Hindu, and, and I'm nothing against people that practice Hindu, but against the religion for sure. Uh, uh, who's to say if the Hindus and the atheists, maybe they all get to heaven if they're good enough. No, 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 no. Say, so can't we just read around that? Can't we just overlook that to get to the good things that they've written? No, no, we cannot. Um, you've got to watch your influences. Reason to number three, the remedy to bad influences. So what if you've got some bad stuff in your life that's influencing you poorly? What do you do? You cut them out. You cut them out. Verse number eight, he said, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Whoa, that's pretty, that's pretty extreme, right? Paul didn't mean that. Uh, let's reread that verse. Well, it's okay. He says it again. Verse number nine. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that ye have received, let him be accursed. It's kind of like Sunday night when Jesus repeated himself more dramatically and emphatically in what they were questioning and doubting. He says, listen, I know what I'm saying. And of course, he's writing under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's writing what God wanted us and the Galatians to hear. He said, if anybody preach anything, even an angel, if I do, if anybody, let him be accursed. What, what's, what's, what, what's he saying? Any other gospel other than straight, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Christ and him crucified. Anything adding to that, let him be accursed. Now that's pretty extreme. Now when you, when you read accursed, that can mean a couple different things. The, the most obvious one is the word accursed means like damnation, like eternal damnation. And that, and that makes sense when we really start to think about it. If somebody doesn't believe the gospel, well, they're not going to heaven anyways. You know, the gospel is the way to be right with God. And if somebody is teaching others that there's another way, uh, then obviously they're, they're not a Christian. They're not saved, you see. But another way to look at it would be uh, that consider them a curse because you and I cannot doom somebody to heaven or hell. We can't destine them for heaven. We can't doom them to hell. You know, we can pray that they would receive Christ and they have to make that decision and, and so forth. You understand that. But what I think it also means here is considering them to be out of the assembly. Don't give them uh, a hearing. No, not for an hour. I think it says that in, uh, let's see, I might've put it in the same, uh, Galatians 2, look at Galatians 2. Uh, Galatians 2 verse 3, just a page over maybe. It says, but neither Titus who was with me being a Greek was compelled to be circumcised and that because a false brethren unawares brought in who came in privily to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus that they might bring us into bondage. In other words, adding the, uh, the rituals of the law to, to grace salvation. Look at verse number five. What, what did they do to these guys? To whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour. 
that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Get out, <laughs> okay? Not entertaining, not, not, well, let's take the bad with the good. If somebody's perverting or twisting the gospel of Christ, leave. And it says back in Galatians 1, both the we or an angel from heaven. You think, well, how could an angel from heaven come? I don't know if that would necessarily happen, but you know, the Bible says even Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Not everything that looks good is good. And you know, if you read further in the Old Testament, Satan was beautiful. He was. And we picture him now with the, with the red suit and the fangs and the horns and the pitchfork and everything. I don't know where we got that. Uh, it, it definitely is a good illustration of how evil he is. That's, I guess that's good in one way. But really, Satan is beautiful. By the way, you think he's going to present you some kind of sin to tempt you with and make it not attractive? No. Of course, sin is going to look attractive to you. And you might see some sin and abhor it. You don't struggle with this sin. Oh, but he's got one for you, okay? So just because you're attracted to something or you think something is nice or, man, I just got to have this or, man, this looks really beautiful. Of course it does. Of course it does, okay? Because Satan, Lucifer, was created beautiful. He knows how to put makeup on bad stuff. Lipstick on a pig, all right? And so just because it looks nice doesn't mean it is nice and get it out of there, okay? Just because somebody is eloquent, make sure that they are preaching the word of God by Bible. I feel a lot of responsibility when I stand here with the open Bible because you don't care what I have to say, all right? <laughs> and I, I usually try to get my opinions out of the way if I have some remarks to make before I start preaching because to me, it's a high and holy and sacred calling that is overwhelming, that I love, but it's overwhelming. I need to make sure that I'm preaching the straight Bible, the straight word of God. And if I'm not, don't give me subjection. <laughs> now, not for an hour. You can leave. Okay, not like while I'm preaching. Maybe talk to me after we can talk about it. But, but I want to make, because it's my intention, I want to make sure that I am preaching the word of God. Now, it's, it's funny that he said, or an angel from heaven. Now, of course, God knows everything. We know that he knows all of time and he knew what was coming. Listen to this. Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, claimed that he was visited by an, do you know, anybody know? By an angel, by an angel. Joseph Smith, who started Mormonism, he named him Moroni, who informed him that the true gospel had been corrupted after the apostolic age and thus had been absent from the earth for nearly 19 centuries. Smith's writing, The Book of Mormon, which you'll find in all Marriott hotels, uh, subtitled Another Gospel of Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? The Book of Mormon, Another Gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's just, just for fun, just for fun, let's look at uh, verse number six. I marvel your social move him that calls you in the grace of Christ unto another gospel which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel. Okay, so that pretty much wipes out that entire religion, but in the Book of Mormon, it says 2 Nephi 25:23. it's a book of their book, um, it says this, for we know that it is by grace that we're saved after all we can do. There are uh, self-effort requirements for salvation. They include baptism, belief in the Mormon scriptures, keeping of the word of wisdom, which includes abstinence from Coffee, okay, right, we're Baptists. <laughs> Coffee, tea, tobacco, alcohol, etc. So an angel came down. Now you think about that, well that didn't happen. Joseph Smith invented that for whatever reason. Well you know what? Even Satan himself, the Bible says, is transformed into an angel of light. He's saying an angel wouldn't do that, but if an angel did, a fallen angel perhaps, whatever. If anybody, anybody, if Paul comes back, he said, anybody preaches any other gospel, let him be accursed. The, the same thing with the religion of Islam. Islam teaches that, the, that Gabriel delivered the Quran to Muhammad. Another gospel, even an angel. 
anybody, it doesn't matter who, the gospel is, it, it is the reason Jesus came. The gospel is so important to keep that gospel pure. Now again, you might be saying, well, I believe in the gospel. Well, again, 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 legalism is so sneaky. It's so sneaky. If somebody tells you that you're going to hell if you do such and such sin. Now, I've heard people tell me about that preaching. I have never been in a church that preached like that. But I've, I've heard different people say, well, a preacher got up and said, you're going to hell if you, I don't know, do such and such, blah, blah, blah. You're going to hell if you don't believe on Jesus Christ for salvation by faith through grace. That's the only way you're going to hell. Okay, all those sins, whatever they are, uh, whatever the word of God, whatever will take you there, being a sinner takes you there. By birth, you're a sinner. Uh, but the only way to get out of it is believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And after that, if you, you mess up, you sin, of course, the Lord will help you. It's a process of maturity. But salvation is all by faith through the grace, unmerited favor, you God giving you what you don't deserve. If you ever have somebody sneaky bringing in something, well, yeah, that's, that's good that you've been saved, but now you've got to keep these rules in order to really be right with God. Now, we understand sometimes what that means. We've got to abstain from sin, uh, abstain from the fleshly lust that war against the soul, and God will help us with that. But never, never does that jeopardize our position as a son of God by adoption. Never, never. You, once born, a person does not get unborn. We are born again when we get saved. Now, it's important to remember that. Through all the preaching of keep yourself from sin, my little children, keep yourself from idols, and on and on and on, you say there's so many things you've got to do in the Bible. Yes, and that's to help you. That's to bring you closer to being like Jesus Christ in your process of maturity as a child grows up to be an adult. That's what a born-again believer grows up, and they learn some things, learn to walk in the Spirit, but always a son of God, always a child of God by adoption. Praise the Lord. Bad influences. Who or what are you allowing to influence you? By the way, look at verse 10. Paul said, again, it's, it's so cool how it ties in with John 6, how uh, Jesus was not trying to please the crowd. He was giving them the straight truth. He said, verse 10, For do I now persuade, persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I get pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. He, Paul says, and I'm done, I'm not writing to get you to like me. As if he had to say that. Okay, He's obviously not trying to win friends and influence people with these verses here. Uh, but he was saying, I am serving Christ. The reason that I exist, the reason I'm writing these epistles and I preach, at the end of the day, I answer to Jesus Christ. He said, this message is not my own invention. I am uh, uh, writing this. It's a message from the Lord. I'm a servant of Christ. Who are you allowing to influence you? Does it bring glory to God? Now, now this is like Christianity 201. This is next level. Ask yourself, the things that you spend your time thinking about or listening to, meditating on, reading, does it bring glory to God? Now, it doesn't all have to be Christian, right? You, you could read a, a really good self-help book or a leadership book or something that brings glory to God. Christian, by the way, those really good books I've read all have some Christian principles hidden in there. But uh, uh, does this bring glory to God or does it not? Does it not? By the way, and this is free and I'm done. Uh-oh, I'm rattling. Oh, you don't want a preacher to do that, but I'm still ahead of time. If, if you listen to somebody who is cynical about everything, you will eventually be cynical about guess, guess which things? Every of the things, all the things, okay? And be, why? Because you are a product of your influence. Now, I'm not gonna give you political advice. I'm no more than you'd go to Tucker Carlson for a Bible message. I'm just trying to help you from the Bible and your spiritual walk, okay? And so I, I think I'm done. If it doesn't bring glory to God, remove it from your life. If it doesn't help you get closer to God in one way or another, remove it from your life. And I'm done. Lord, thank you so much for the word of God. Lord, I pray that you'd help us if there's some bad influences in our life, help us to be very aware of those, Lord. None of us are above our influences. And I pray, Lord, that we would be aware of how quickly we can be overcome by an influence, 
whatever it is that doesn't bring glory to you. Lord, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the gospel of the grace of Jesus Christ, Lord. Thank you that it's nothing, nothing except the grace of God that gets us saved and makes us right with you, Lord. I pray that you'd help us to live in the gospel, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.